Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Lesbian Supper Club podcast. We've had another very fun and busy, busy week. We say that every week. We do. It's, it's getting, fucking boring. It sounds like those people on Teams calls at work oh. that are always like, I'm so busy. And you know they've just woken up from a three-hour nap. That's me. You shouldn't openly <laughs> say that because you're actually still doing that. Um <laughs> So we've had a really fun and amazing week and we are really, really excited to bring to you today's episode because it's been one that's kind of been surfacing a lot in, you know, the DMs and people emailing, asking a lot of questions and asking us to cover this topic. But before we get into it, I think it's really important to speak on what's been happening in the media with regards to the current political party running this country and the statements that they have been making against the trans community over the last week mm-hmm. are just absolutely disgraceful. And I'm quite literally actually ashamed that in a westernized society, people are using already extremely marginalized people for their own political coy. Yeah. It is awful And we are so sorry to any of our listeners who identify as trans or non-binary that, Mm. you know, I I can't imagine you're obviously deeply affected and it's massively upsetting to hear this. But rest assured, it's more than this. I know it's awful, but this is so much more than you guys are being used as like political scapegoats because they know overall they're absolutely fucked for this yeah. term. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it any better. And I'm sorry that you are in the firing line to, as a sick and poor attempt to try and gain some much lost voters that they've clearly mm-hmm. had over the last few years. But this community stands with you. We stand with you. The lesbians definitely oh, stand yeah. with you. And if they don't, if there's any turfs out there listening to this podcast, you're not welcome. So uh, <laughs> bin your headphones right now. Yeah, just stop. I don't care how many of you there are. So we're standing with you. And if there's anything that anyone wants to write in and have a voice on in regards to your experiences, being identifying as non-binary or trans, let us know because yeah. it's really important that we use this platform to give voices to those. And there's not a lot I can talk about on that experience because it's not our experience. We can only be here to give a, a voice and a platform to yeah. those who are sadly having not always positive experiences from this shameful currently country and uh, political party. Yeah. Well, like we said, yeah, I think the way that the party is going right now. We're not even going to have an NHS to go to. So uh, they're absolutely fucked. I don't know. Yeah. If you're part of the, the devout right wing that suddenly feel like you're now going to be voting, A, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself, you pathetic, <laughs> sad little person. <laughs> and B, you're protecting something that ain't going to fucking exist in a few years if we carry on the way that we are anyway. So that's quite hilarious, actually. Fucking sad. Get a life. Yeah. It is just pathetic. Mm. And we're sorry. Yeah. We are. But the lesbians stand behind you. So yeah, please write in. If you have any experience, we'd we'd love to hear about it and um and give you a voice. On today's episode, we are sat with Emily Crushyhurst, who is firstly not only a very good friend of mine that I grew up with from the age of God, was it five? Yeah, five or six, something like that. Somehow managed within <laughs> within our village to become a PhD wearing 
philosopher of religion over at Oxford University, who has been published as an author and also multiple articles. How does this happen? How did... Yeah, whilst you're crashing your car into crashing, shops yeah. in Windsor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what... Emily's out there actually doing good for society. She How is. does that I make you feel, Fred? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what happened in the waters over where we were born, but something... <laughs> happened to you down in down in the cul-de-sac which uh, which went really well but I'm gonna let you introduce yourself as well because I know that I can't do it justice because you've got many letters and many things that go behind what you do so the whole reason why we've got Emily on here is to actually give more of an expert opinion um, and something that we really can't do. Well, so it's I'll an expert you. opinion on religion and yeah. homosexuality mm-hmm. and sadly the homophobia that ties into that. And we really wanted to get Emily on because, yeah. again, going back to what I was just saying, we are both actually extremely, Privileged. I think, blessed mm-hmm. that we somehow have escaped religious people actually giving us hate we didn't have it with our friends or family you had it a little bit with your mum but that wasn't wasn't, religiously charged it wasn't really religiously charged charged. (laughs) um and even of all of the kind of homophobic hate that we have experienced from society actually we haven't had it from a religious standpoint which I know is really strange because actually that's often so many people's experiences is that Mm. The homophobia usually does come from religion. And I know so many of you that have written in have had awful experience either being religious or coming from a religious family and coming out. And we really didn't feel like tackling this subject until now, until we had someone with a lot more expertise coming onto this podcast would have done it justice. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we've got Emily here today. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, So, yeah, I'm a philosopher of religion. I work at the University of Oxford. Mm -hmm. I've been there for 10 years now. Um, I started as an undergraduate and then I did my master's there, PhD. And now um, I have two different jobs, uh, which I'll, yeah, I'm just not going (laughs) to say what they are. Um, But yeah, philosopher of religion. So I don't work on homosexuality and religion directly. Mm -hmm. But as somebody who studies religion and spends a lot of time with religious people and as a queer woman, I obviously have an interest in it. So... Mm -hmm. I've done lots of reading about it. I, I mean, I studied it a bit as an undergrad, mm. but there's just so much that we can say. And obviously we're going to cover a lot of that today. But yeah, I mean, I'm here to offer the insights of somebody who studies religion and is queer rather than somebody whose academic work is on this topic. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm familiar Which with Which I think is better yes, actually, yeah. because you being able to bring your own experiences and your own understanding as a queer woman and applying that to your studies and your interpretation of all of the kind of things that you read is actually so much better and more useful to be able to come at it from a, this is my lived experience and there's a real genuine vested interest rather than just a topic that fascinates you, if that makes sense. And also being around a load of Jesus pleasers, you're going (laughs) to hear a little bit more of, uh, you're going to question it a little bit more rather than if you I bet they love it when you turn up. Do you wear that leather harness when you're with your (laughs) Jesus? Emily sat here in like a leather harness right now and I can just see some 50-year-old man called Roger who's attended church (laughs) devoutly for the last 25 years. Ready to pack it all in and sing. I've had enough. Oxford is not what it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I leave the harness at home when I go to yeah. work. Yeah, um, But yeah, one of the fascinating things about working in religion at a university is that I've met people from all ends of the religious spectrum. So yeah. I've met people who are 
um, who are priests in the Anglican Church who are really, really pro-gay marriage and really supportive of the LGBT community, and that's great. And then I've met someone on the complete other end of the spectrum mm -hmm. who literally thinks that being queer and being trans specifically is a psychosis. Oh. Um, but this guy doesn't believe in evolution, so obviously he doesn't know the first thing oh, about fucking science. Wow. Well, clearly because he hasn't fucking evolved. So yeah. that would be that would be correct. But it's, it's fascinating because I've been exposed to all of these yeah. ideas and some arguments that people make to be homophobic on the basis of religion are a little bit more subtle and a bit more nuanced. And most of them, unfortunately, just aren't. And actually, there's someone I know, um, a colleague of mine, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to identify this person, mm. but they used to be a gay activist um, and an atheist and then had a religious experience and converted to Christianity. No. And now are not only a Christian, but they actually actively campaign against gay marriage in the church. Wow, that's yeah. very interesting. Out of interest, what was this quote-unquote religious experience? So this, uh, yeah, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, mm. but they basically had an experience where they felt overwhelmed by something other than themselves that they thought to okay. be God. Well, one could argue that is psychosis, going back to the <laughs> other guys. Because I felt like that, and then I thought, fuck, I haven't taken my satalopram for three days. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel my, like we've my all brain had those starts to wobble a little bit, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, I, I just I think this person's experience is particularly fascinating. And actually, knowing that I was going to come on here today, I was watching a debate on YouTube between this person and somebody else mm -hmm. who's a gay Christian who takes a different view and is pro gay wow. marriage. And the arguments that this person presents are. They're very interesting. The, this person clearly knows a lot about the Bible. And so it's not just a knee jerk. Oh, God hates fags. Like, yeah. what? Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't. Should I no, say that? you, like, you can, can say that. that. That's yeah. basically That's like the um, the Westboro Baptist Church, the stuff they have on signs, yes. on yes. the picket signs. And like oh they go to queer God. people's funerals and stuff. And it's awful. It's more sophisticated. To, wait, I actually didn't know that. They picket funerals no. of queer people and of soldiers. Um, oh, and they have God. these signs that say, um, yeah. God oh hates. my god yes and their website is www.godhatesfags.com <gasps> it's actually insane <laughs> it's, it's i'm sorry i'm laughing at guys you should watch the louis through documentaries on this he's done like two or three documentaries with this small church in america i why did i fucking know it was going to be america it sounds like the america. ones that stand outside the abortion clinics yeah, yeah yeah have you watched them on tiktok it's called like the swans it's this group of like queer women who stand out there and defend that those going in to have abortions and it's exactly that like mm. they're holding up being like your baby's going to go to hell because of what you're doing it's terrible. It oh, is. it is so bad. I think one of the reasons that you have both been fortunate in avoiding religious homophobia is because a lot of it happens in America. Mm -hmm. And yes. in we're it, particularly the circles that we move in are quite secular yeah. circles. There's not that much religion here, at least. Yeah. And I think what you were just saying then, a lot of Christian or religious people in the UK that may have those beliefs aren't as bigoted or as stupid enough to come out and say it quite like the Americans would. So it's more yeah. subtle microaggressions, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't really like pin, you know, but they do a really good job at kind of like saying it without saying well it. emily yeah. we've never had it at the chris single service on a christmas eve <laughs> <Eating> <laughs> Wick Church. <laughs> have you both been since being openly queer uh no no although right. we should. Um, freya had a mullet at the time so <laughs> it should have been pretty fucking obvious <laughs> <laughs> they let me in <laughs> well, maybe we should go I, they probably this found year, your slipknot yeah. t-shirt more offensive it was nirvana than your 
Nirvana. I've had Slipknot ones as Do well. Do you remember when they were going around with the candle? You know, you know how they go around with the candle and they light everyone's candle with another candle? Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck this. And I got a lighter out of my pocket because I was a smoker. I just like lit it up. And I, I don't and then, that. And then it was, um, yeah. then it was Thingy's mum. She walked around mm. and was like, how did you like this? I said, power of Christ. <laughs> I oh, didn't wow. go back after that, actually. Not surprised. No. Wow. <laughs> My mum was mortified. You can imagine what Jilly was like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I do think, yeah, you're completely right. It is more so in America yeah. that you do have these preachers, the Westboro Baptist Church, God hates fags. That It's horrendous, right? This is why I want to talk to you. It's because we want to see, okay, how can we debunk this? Where yeah. did they get religion and homophobia from like where did they find homophobia within religion so i think the first thing i want to say about this is we're using the term religion here and actually we need to be a bit more specific than that because okay. not all religions have the same attitude towards queer people mm -hmm. okay so, christianity um we're mainly talking about christianity and that's the religion that i'm qualified to talk about mm -hmm. um but also islam as well the two those two well it's it's more nuanced with christianity and we'll go into it but it is yeah. homosexuality is banned in islam and is actually illegal in a lot of muslim countries yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. hinduism buddhism um more eastern religions don't have as much to say about homosexuality same-sex yeah. relationships so really what we're talking about is christianity yeah. and there are some passages in the bible and sorry can i from a really stupid perspective or question here does catholicism sort of like the catholic church yeah, does yeah. that it's fall into yes okay. yeah 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 so christianity originally was just the catholic church yeah. and then there was the protestant reformation in like the 1500s oh, i should know that anyway a while ago <laughs> yeah. and then the, the protestant church and the catholic church split okay. off okay and so protestantism is what we have more in america and the uk and the um, evangelical protestants tend to be the ones that are particularly homophobic mm -hmm. and the reason for that is that they take a particular interpretation of the bible or approach to reading the bible which is very literal yeah so the catholic church the catholic church don't allow same-sex marriage either but they had an, a way of approaching the biblical text which was that it was a text layered with loads of different meanings and lots of the stuff was symbolic and so although the text might say one thing actually there's loads of layers of meaning underneath yeah but protestantism says that the Bible is the word of God and it should be interpreted literally. So if you have okay. a statement like man shall not lie with man as he lies with woman because it's an abomination, then that should be taken literally and not read in terms of the context in which the text was written, other things that are surrounding that particular passage. So that that's one passage where Hold homophobia on. comes from. This passage in Leviticus, man shall not lie with man as he lies with woman for it's an abomination, is mm -hmm. one place where we see homophobes quote the Bible yeah, on. Yeah, this yes. is the one that they love to hit, like yeah. pull everything yeah. from. And so this is in the Old Testament. It's in a, the book of Leviticus has a lot of rules that you're supposed to follow. Okay. And these refer to the kind of, the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew ethic of the time mm -hmm. and are quite culturally specific. So some of the other rules are you shouldn't wear clothing of two different fabrics. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't plant two different seeds in the same field and you shouldn't eat meat and fish in the same meal. So well, those, those surf and turf. Yeah. Can't have it. Pleases, so. <laughs> you know, you know, you a know good old love. American Christian loves the surf and turf. Yeah, well, they As can't. The British. <laughs> if they're going to follow the word yeah. of the Bible literally, which is what they say they are doing when they're using the Bible to be homophobic, yes. then no surf and turf. No clothes of two different fabrics. Yeah. So there are other places in the Bible as well. But I think what the problem is, and I don't want to get too theological here and too technical, but 
when you're looking at a text, when you're trying to interpret a text, proper practice is to look at the text as a whole and to look at the cultural context in which that text yeah. was written mm-hmm. and the, the, the cultural situation that was going on when it was written and who the audience was, who the writer was. And if you cherry pick like six verses from the Bible that say various things about gay sex, particular types of gay sex, mm-hmm. you are not doing justice to a historical text that was written for a particular audience mm-hmm. to over 2000 years ago. Yeah. So, and another, another thing I'd like to say, um, particularly to Christians who use Old Testament passages to be homophobic, is that in the New Testament, Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself and love God or something along those lines. And on this hangs all the law and the prophets. And Mm -hmm. what that means is all of the laws in the Old Testament should now be interpreted through the lens of being loving and loving to other people. And so ultimately, the Christianity is supposed to be an overcoming of the letters of Hebrew law and saying we're a religion of love. And so to use this message to then be very unloving to queer people is a bit fucking rich. You're actually doing the complete opposite as to what the Bible is actually asking of you. Exactly. You're not viewing the text as a whole. You're not looking at the entire narrative that the text has and the figure that Christianity is based on. Jesus never said anything about queer people. Um, And the only thing that he did say that you can really relate to it is to be loving, to be loving to your neighbor, Mm -hmm. to be loving to each other. And so religious homophobes are completely ignoring this and they're being judgmental. Also, the Bible says, do not judge lest you be judged. I mean, there's yeah. so many things you can pull from this text and it just frustrates me that religious, certain religious people, certain evangelical Protestants mm. take small bits out of a text that's like a thousand pages long yeah. and say, this means that we can never have gay marriage. The, the Bible never says anything about gay marriage, yeah. never no. says anything about committed, loving, same-sex relationships. Yeah. It's only about the type of queer sex that they were uh, that the biblical authors were exposed to, which was either prostitution that happened in pagan temples. Now, mm-hmm. a Christian's not going to like that, any type of prostitution. <laughs> yeah. um, and then pederasty, which is an ancient Greek practice of an older man sleeping with a young boy yeah. in the hope that this will impart knowledge to them and that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is basically paedophilia. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Is, that, is that the interpretation then that you think of like man shall not lie with man? What what is that interpretation to you? So one of the ways that people who are much more queer positive interpret it um, is that it's talking specifically in the context of Jewish ritual purity. And so it's saying things, uh, I'm not super, super familiar with the entire book, but it's about things fulfilling their proper function. And so the idea that a man would take a passive role is something that isn't appropriate to this particular Jewish context because of the time in which it was written as well. Yeah, right? man exactly. shall but it's not so be bottom. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Freya. Because also at this point as well, from an evolution perspective, it was very much that the man would go out and work or hunt and mm. bring back to the family, and the woman was very much staying at home. Right. So I could actually, from a queer perspective, understand why at the time of that being written was not about the sexuality itself. It was more Mm. about the existence within the culture to which it was at that time. Yes. And there there was no concept of being gay or being homosexual or having or being queer, having a sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. It was just um, particular sex acts that were happening at the fringes of society. And probably because there wasn't a very open and accepting environment for you to be queer in the Mm -hmm. only types of queer sex that people could have were the types of straight sex that were also not allowed 
Yes. Like sex yeah. outside of marriage yes. or prostitution yeah. or sex with young children and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, which the church seemed to have a lot less problem with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? If, they, well. if all of these devout <laughs> Christians spent as much time going after the pedos well, as they did the queers, mm. there'd probably the be a lot less cases of missing children throughout the world. And the problem with this is power structures. So yeah. the queer people are... In religious contexts, a lot of them are powerless. Mm-hmm. They're a minority. They don't have a voice. Whereas a lot of people who were, a lot of pedos in the church were people in positions of power. And mm. this is the thing, right? And I was reading something. Oh, I, I can't remember. I was either reading or listening maybe to another podcast. And this person was saying that, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a fair statement, but there is an opinion that people who are often devoutly religious or follow any kind of structure or seek any structure or any kind of opinion that's not their own formed off something else need that in their lives so they require to be told what to do or or how to live without their own conscience right and so it could be fair to say that when homophobic religious people quote-unquote homophobic religious people are spilling such negativity towards the queer community it's almost not an actual personal opinion or feeling that they have. They are quite literally regurgitating something yeah. that they believe to be true from a higher power than mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, so it's I there is definitely a lot of that, definitely a lot of that, particularly in evangelical churches where there is a certain structure that the pastor determines what you think and that's yes. that's the view of the church and yeah. that's the view that the people who follow the church have to hold. And I think that there is a bit of that in Catholicism as well, like what the Pope says goes, basically. Yeah. Yes. However, I want to counter that with a lot of the academic theologians I work with have thought really, really deeply about this issue. And so there are religious people who spend years with the Bible and years with theological tradition, really try to make up their own mind. And ultimately, some of them say, I don't want to deviate from the church tradition. But lots of them, lots of people I know have also then used religion as a vehicle to be positive to queer people. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's just so complicated. It's, I mean, it's your own agenda. Yeah. Eighty four percent of the world are religious. So it's yeah. so wow. hard to say religious people are. X yes. yes. Because they're, it, I they're, think yeah. I'm talking more and I think it's because of the world in which we're exposed to. Right. So you are in a position where you're usually exposed to people who, as you were saying, then have spent years mm. trying to educate themselves and really give the fairest kind of evaluation to their interpretation. And th- these people, I am assuming, well, I know will be highly intelligent. So we'll be questioning their own beliefs constantly. Yeah. Right. That's the whole point of kind of the world in which you exist. Whereas the world that we exist or we see are usually your lower IQ type of bigots, right? Mm -hmm. And these are the people that are consuming the media outlets. These are the people that are consuming and flooding our social media, which is casting such a... Because I I think religion is a beautiful thing. I've said this on this podcast before. I think there's so many incredible things that, you know, religion can bring to this world. But it is often tarnished by hateful people with maybe not as much of uh intellect as required to interpret things potentially not as literal sometimes as well right like it is okay to have your own interpretation and opinion on things that are then spilling hate with no genuine like theory fact or real like understanding behind it it is just and going back to what i was saying earlier about the kind of abortion clinics 
and they hold up these signs to say, you know, like, God will help you, we will help you if you keep this baby. Yet they've got a whole epidemic of, like, parentless children over in America. And like people yeah, can't and they won't pay for baby fucking... formula. Yeah. As soon and as the baby is born, yeah. it's on its own. They yeah. care about children and until people... they're born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And this is it, it. And again, it does feel like the same type of person yeah. who is going and spilling such hate to this community. Idiots. Which is such a small, as you're saying, like actually quite probably a small amount of people in comparison to those of religion across the world yeah but they yeah. seem to be making the most noise they're a loud mm. minority and that's the yes. problem they mm -hmm. by being so vocal and so loud and so hateful they get they're the ones that get talked about on the news and talked about on podcasts like this yeah and so people think that all religious people are like that yeah and um, it's just it's it's not true yeah. but but people who are religious and aren't like that mm -hmm. in my view have an obligation and a duty to try and change people's minds who are really, really bigoted. Yes, People definitely. within your community are Because they're going to listen to you a lot more than yeah. another yeah. person on the street. I think... Well, yeah, and this is something as well that I think um, is it's really easy for us. I mean, the three of us aren't religious. I think. No. That's right, yeah, so none, none of us are religious. It's really easy for us to look at religion from the outside and be like, mm, we don't think that this is true, so we can easily say these views are bigoted. Yes. Um, that's never going to persuade a religious person to change their minds. No. What you need to do is start speaking their language. You know, if we start from completely different starting points, we're never, ever going to meet in the middle. No. So if we start by saying, okay, well, I'm going to take your religious claims really, really seriously. I'm going to really interrogate them, what they mean. What's the common thread that runs throughout all these Christian mm -hmm. messages? It's love. Yeah. So you can use the language of someone's own religion and the theological discourse to try and persuade them that actually there is a religiously appropriate way to be queer positive. Like yes. You don't have to say, you have to abandon your religion if you're yeah. queer. No, like, you yeah. don't. That is yeah. not the case at all. And there are more and more churches that are being really open to queer people. Mm -hmm. I've seen great. this. Well, we've like, had I've a seen few like people rainbow message. flags. Yeah. yeah. Like, we've had a few people message today, just reading a couple now. Um, someone saying here i'm a lesbian christian going to church our vicar is gay as well wow. <laughs> fortunately Amazing. nothing to like negate or complain about here yeah. i think this person does live in the netherlands there is some good stuff happening in the church of england so mm -hmm. i went to this um i went to a uh, when was it like a few months ago i went to this event and it was the bishop of oxford mm -hmm. who was the first bishop to publicly support gay marriage which is amazing yeah. wow. he's straight um which makes it better i'm sorry be yeah. it does yeah, he, because it's not a self-serving agenda yeah and people won't treat it as such there was this other woman helen i can't remember her last name she was amazing she was i think she's in her late 60s or 70s she's just a lay person which is an ordinary church-going person she wasn't ordained or anything mm -hmm. she's straight uh she doesn't have any queer kids she says people say that to her a lot like oh are you supporting gay marriage because you've got a gay kid or are you pro trans rights because you've got a trans kid she's like no no, no, no. I'm I just, just think that it's a loving human. Christian yeah. thing to do. And so we yeah. went to this talk and there was also a trans woman there um, and they were having a panel discussion about religion and homosexuality. And it was just really, really nice. There was no, here's a trans person and here's a turf trying to debate the yeah. right of the trans person to exist. There was none of that. It was just queer, positive people from the church and from outside of the church having a conversation about how to make the church more inclusive for LGBT mm. people. So there are, the Church of England is very slowly going in the right direction. And there is a lot of resistance from a lot of the older generations. And actually, unfortunately, um, from other countries that are 
linked to the Anglican Church. So a lot of the African countries are really, really resistant to okay. allowing gay yeah. marriage. So it becomes a very diff difficult geopolitical issue as well. Yeah. But the Church of England has voted to bless same-sex unions, which is a good step in the right direction in, in one sense. Mm -hmm. But it's also a bit of a fudge in another sense because it's not gay marriage, so it's not making queer people happy. Yeah. And yet it's legitimizing queer relationships, which pisses off the homophobes. So they've yeah. actually yes. managed to annoy everybody. everyone. Because <laughs> they've, no they've tried to kind of stay a little bit in the middle yeah. and therefore have pissed off both sides yes. just yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly say, I find it really funny when they try and, when like homophobic Christians try and use the lens of, I love you. So that's why I'm trying to help you. It's and so patronizing. It's so annoying when they say that you're all going to hell. Why do you fucking care? Yeah. Okay, because by your rules, you're going up to heaven. You won't have to see me. Why do you want me in That's there? That's your problem, mate. Yeah. Why do you want me in heaven? <laughs> if I'm, I'm so disgraced to you. And, and I'm disgusting. Yeah. Why Why are you trying to be like, oh, I don't want you to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like it's sort of going to be a lot more fun. Sounds like <laughs> so much fun. If he's up there, this dude. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Yeah. I yeah. just don't. I'd rather be in hell. I like the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sauna, a gay sauna. Sounds great. It does. <laughs> Just say thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Someone messaged and said, I left the church when I came out. How do you entwine sexuality with a faith that doesn't want you? And I think that's really interesting about that's what really you're hard. saying there. Yeah, that's really hard. And I think in many ways this mirrors the kind of issues that people have with their families not accepting them for being queer. Yeah. And I think one of the things that queer people do in response to a family rejecting them is to have their chosen family. And so what you can mm. take from that is queer people will find and make community. Yeah. And so you might be able to find a group of other religious queer people. I mean, I, I don't know how you go about finding them, but there are churches, other churches that you can go and find that will become your new family, your new yes. church. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure you can Google you it, can. surely, sure right? Probably oh, can. Like, yeah. I would imagine there are actually a hell of a lot of Christian queer groups specific. Yes. Yeah. Have yeah. created their own sanctuary basically yeah where they yeah. can fulfill both their queerness and their religious beliefs and i think that does just help you then in, in th just to process it if you're with a load of other people that are going shared through the experience. same thing it's a yeah. shared experience and you start to look at it a bit differently and less lonely i think it's yeah i i'd be interested to see actually i want to see if i can google to see if there's like a gay friend there must be there's there must be and church. just because one church has rejected you doesn't mean all churches will no and obviously the religion itself won't the church that you've grown up in if that rejects you that must be so hard and yeah. so painful but there are people out there who have had the same experience and who will welcome you and i think that's where being in 2023 and the internet being so powerful as much as it can be so negative it does give you quick and easy access to find your people. Yeah. Because like Freya's mm -hmm. doing right now, it's like queer religious groups in London or queer religious groups in any part of the world. I can almost guarantee. Yeah, there's quite a few. Exist. There's yeah, loads. Amazing. It's like St. Mary's London. We're blessed at St. Mary's to have uh, many LGBTQ plus members, um, both individuals and couples. This is a really interesting one. And I don't know if you'll know much about this. And this person's not necessarily asking a question, but just making a statement and said that mum wanted the priest to do an exorcism on me when I came <gasps> out. So that actually happens more than you would think. Really? Uh, often um, this happens in America, but they think some churches, some groups think that, so they often will reject the label gay 
because they don't want to like make it your identity. So it's SSA or same sex attracted. And people will no. talk about struggling with same sex attraction. And they think that same sex attraction can be um, evidence that there's a demon the inside devil, you. Yeah. And yeah. it's a form of, it's one of the most brutal and awful forms of conversion therapy. People get exercise. It's not just one exorcism. It's multiple exorcisms over years and years and years. Oh, trying and to what are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing this within this exorcism? I have, uh, do you know, I would love to see. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so there's <laughs> not a clue, but it would be like, I think it's like quite scary that there's probably not open kind of context on what they're doing. Yeah, it'll be like spraying holy water and saying, don't like, they go like the power of Christ compels is that, you. Is that from the film, <laughs> The Exorcist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this is exactly what they this do. This must be Freya, it. We're trying to have relatively sexual <laughs> conversation. All you've come in is fucking commented on the, sh the exorcism. I know where you've got that from. The literal film called The Exorcism. Yes. <laughs> and lighting a fucking fag at Chris Dingle's service. It wasn't a fag, it was a candle. Anyway, <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, is that I feel like it would, I think it would be quite physical, you know. Yeah, I, I think like sometimes it can. There'll be like a battle. A beating to really like being restrained yeah. often, yeah, yeah. and and I that happens. They'd starve them. Can you imagine? You'd be like, let's starve the demon. I'm coming yeah. up with where ideas do now. You Don't listen to me, but it's I'm giving the wrong person the wrong. Where ideas. do you think the link? So this is what I find really interesting because everything you've been talking about here is about you know we're talking very much. We've said a lot of people hinge their beliefs on this one verse of the Bible. There's a couple of others, but, but yeah, pretty much like not that many. From that, this is the one that people do often need to come from. So how have we got from that interpretation, which, you know, we can all agree can mean different things for different people. How has the religious community taken that and now we're in a state where even in 2023 are doing exorcisms on people mm. who believe to have same sex attraction? Because, again, this isn't coming from the Bible. Yeah. So where do you think it's coming from? Like, How do you think we've transitioned or, or got to this point? Well, a lot of it... So there are... These people would argue that it does come from the Bible. Obviously, we can disagree about that um, massively. And also, um, a lot of it comes from tradition. So in Christianity, tradition, which is basically what other theologians have said over the last 2,000 years, carries a lot of weight. So they said, well, the church has been really clear on this for 2000 years. We've never had gay marriage. So why would we have it now? Or, you know, we've always thought that being gay or same sex attracted or queer or whatever you, you want to call it um, has been a sign that there's something wrong with you. So because we've done it in the past, we should do it now. Mm. But the, the problem with that is Christianity supported slavery. Christianity hasn't allowed women to be ordained until very recently. <laughs> yeah. mm, so yeah. do we really want to say that we should just uncritically accept all the beliefs of the past and never try and change? Yeah. The church itself doesn't even do that. Like we now have women priests, at least in the Anglican church. And obviously slavery is illegal in this country, mm -hmm. rightly so. And so we have allowed ourselves to evolve. And it's I, about and being on the right side of history, isn't it? Because yeah. again, yeah. with all this hateful um these trans comments coming out people are saying this like what trans people are experiencing now yeah. is what the queer community or the gay community was experiencing in the 70s right they are yeah. quite literally using the same quotes it's verbatim it's the exact same mm -hmm. rhetoric it's all yeah. about protect our kids like oh yes. not the children yeah. not exactly the children. and, and that's time. the thing i think yeah. like, people get so swept up in the in the the fear I think a lot of it is fear instilled. Yeah. I the think it's comes yeah. from fear. It does. And th and that fear is being stoked by certain groups of people, often who won't have ever met a trans person. Yeah. So the only picture of a trans person they have in their head is what people like 
the Tory party in this conference they've had this week, the, the kind of picture that they're painting of painting, trans people yeah. as mm. predators, mm -hmm. um, as people who are trying to convert everyone to quote unquote the trans agenda, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Um, oh, and God. it's just, if people hear that and they, they become afraid, like oh, people are gonna come into your bathrooms and try and get you. Like mm. if you don't know a trans person and know that they aren't predatory, mm -hmm. then that's gonna be scary to you. And people unfortunately are just not willing to educate themselves a lot mm. of the time. Also they make up like, I'm sure there's more, but out out trans people make up 0.05% of the population. No, it's 0 0.5. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. 0 0.5. So yeah. you're more, I don't know why I put another zero there. <laughs> you're more likely to just run into a fucking man, like a misogynistic man, oh, than yeah. a trans person. Do you, do, like, yeah. Statistically, it doesn't but, but, make sense. But all of a sudden, they seem to be really concerned about sexual abuse when 50 members of their party have been accused of sexual misconduct. Well, there's current open allegations, yeah. So do we yeah. want to talk about that first, maybe? and then Maybe we should. It's a it's distraction tactic. That's it the is, thing. It yes. is. And it's the sign of a party who's panicking because yeah. they don't have the votes to win the panicking next election. Panicking and failing. Yeah. I'm, sad. I'm, I'm worried now that this will take the ticket. I, I really am. I'm not. I, I don't think it will tip it, but I think it will start charging that direction again. It, I, like I, I think um, that there are not enough transphobes to swing it, to swing no. the election. I think actually most people are really supportive of trans people or just a bit indifferent. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, we don't want people to be indifferent, but it's not hatred. Yes. And it's actually a really small minority of people who hate trans people. Against, and yeah. like you said, but they're the loudest, right? They are the loudest. They're the loudest. The, yeah. Why are the most stupid people the loudest in the room? But they don't know when to shut up and listen. And also yeah. they shout rather than talk. Yeah. And yeah. Actually, but I'm talking about myself there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Um, but yeah, I, th I think the whole thing and what you were saying, asking Emily, like, where does it come from? You know, like looking at it from the Bible and then all of a sudden you're spilling a lot of homophobia. I think it's a bit chicken and egg sometimes as well, though, right? Because you could have a bigoted view. You are religious. Um, with Christianity, you can look inside the Bible and then find what you, you can. want to support your view. Or you could be the type that is particularly maybe indifferent and then go to a specific church that have these beliefs and the priest is spilling a load of shit um, from the Bible and they will just take that as verbatim. So it can be chicken and egg, I think. Yeah. I think that you can either be swayed into that direction or you already have that opinion and you want something to back you up. Well, that's what Emily was saying about the, the influence of the, the people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think if you want to find justification for loads and loads of horrible shit, you can find it in the Bible. Exactly. It's a really yeah. old text. Yeah. It's really long. There's a lot. There's a lot of dark stuff in there. Yeah. So you can find justification for a lot of terrible things mm -hmm. in there. And most Christians don't want to do that. They don't want to see their religion as a religion that promotes slavery and misogyny and homophobia. Mm -hmm. So that they're they're willing to read the text, read in, like layers of interpretation throughout the text and say what we really want to do overall is be a religion of love. Mm. But you can justify some pretty horrible things by yeah. looking yeah. at the Bible well, as well. So I don't want to I don't want to diminish the fact that there are some really problematic bits yes. of the Bible. Mm. But I do want to say that you don't have to take those as the law that you have to follow. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well I think I remember my mum as well, like when I was growing up, she never says it anymore. She just can't be asked with that, I don't think. But mm. my granddad was a priest. And so my mom, whenever something would like happen, she'd be like, oh, that's not the Christian thing to do. She'd say that when I was growing up. Was she up. really? Yeah. She'd be oh like, that's not the Christian thing to do. The Christian thing to do would be to, to be nice and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That definitely didn't sway 
that didn't stay with her when I came out. The kind mm. of Christian thing to do is to be nice because it didn't suit she her. She wasn't anymore. nice. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't nice. It's funny how they it can use it her. when it's convenient. So I yeah. was thinking to myself, well, isn't the Christian thing to do to accept your daughter right so now? So did your mum not talk about religion at all when negatively responding to you coming out? Do you know what? I don't think I knew enough about it to use it against, against me. You. I think yeah. that she just knew that she was a Christian. She did her prayers every night. Um, she, how have I known you for like over 20 years and I didn't know your mum was a Christian? Was, when I say prayers, I mean it was her own personal prayer. It yeah. wasn't necessarily, you know, going into the Bible She'll and reciting. She'll be asking when she's praying as well though, Jilly will be like, <laughs> can I have that three million pound house in Cornwall, <laughs> Can please? I win that Omaze house? No, she'd be like, <laughs> I want She's got an <laughs> obsession at the moment. Sorry guys, so <laughs> run off track a bit here. For his mum, there's this charity slash organization called omaze where you buy raffle slash lottery tickets and they list these really expensive houses i think i've seen them, this right? yeah and yeah. you can win so it's like 20 house. quid a ticket but the house is worth like three million but obviously the sellers will get that because so many people are buying these tickets yeah. freya's mum could not justify getting herself an oat latte of a morning because £3.20 is absolutely ludicrous or £3.60 now in the cost of living actually so I'm kind of agreeing with her <laughs> at this point <laughs> two Omaze tickets for a house crack the fuck on it's 40 and quid every well, time it's only 40 well, quid Joe. she is absolutely bamboozled that she's not one. Oh my <laughs> it god it becomes like a week I, I can't believe I didn't get the house oh I'm so I'm no I'm upset like she's genuinely like <laughs> I think to be fair <laughs> if that oat latte came with the possibility of winning a house she would get one yeah but it doesn't no <laughs> <laughs> no but she's convinced I mean you've got to be in it to win it I do believe it in this in, yeah. sorry so that was a little d- just no but, but it yeah. is oh, it, yeah, so but you think it was more that like she if she'd have had the no to use it against you do you think she may have I think had she had a, a I don't think that she would have had a verse ready for me when mm. I came out. It was it hit her too hard and too personally to even use religion against me in that moment. It yeah. had to be how I disgraced her. her. Okay. Uh, not not you know anything about going to hell. Uh, I think as well she knew that I'd laugh in her fucking face. I'm mm. not religious. Yeah. So if my mum all of a sudden started saying things like you're gonna go to hell and Jesus is Little gonna hate you, you, you know when you were asleep that night she had a fuck off cross hanging above your bed. <laughs> Probably. And she was just flicking bath water on you water from the thing i grew up christian i mean i was i was christened so I, was i yeah, yeah probably at the same place no i was christened by my granddad who's also a priest right. so i was christened in how Langley. funny that we both have yeah granddad priests i mean mine died before i got to experience it but he sounded like a lovely priest and my granddad he wasn't he yeah. really fo- from the sounds of things really wasn't a bigoted priest at all no nor's mine mine no, is okay. very very open and accepting yeah, yeah i mean he has to be because like half my cousins are gay so we're a very queer family i love how queer your family is. yeah really queer because like my family is only very much in the immediate you never know you don't know yeah you might have been like do you know what jesus answered (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna be a bit controversial here lads (laughs) but i think it's good um but yeah no i I remember i got christened at like a later age though i think i was about like three because i i remember getting christened and um, I remember I couldn't wait to take off my dress and I couldn't wait to take off my little kitten heels I had on. It was just absolute torture. Who makes kitten heels for a three-year-old? Someone who takes their kid to church to get christened. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And all I could think about was the fact that I had salmon. That's actually a really good point. You know, this whole like, rhetoric that's going around at the moment as well about like teaching children in schools about trans people and queer people and oh it's making them gay it's questioning them it's making them fucking trans it's pathetic that they would draw that conclusion straight people have gay kids 
But yeah. also, it, it is that. It's like, but you took your kid to be christened before it had a choice. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. doing gender reveal parties and deciding that it's a male or female before Don't it's telling you. Don't even get me you. started you know on gender I mean? reveal no, parties. It's how they... It, yeah, no, I know. But it's how they literally debunk their own views by their own actions. Yeah, and it said they say things like, don't sexualize children. Children are too young for that. And then you can buy t-shirts that are like, this is like my boyfriend or something. You know, oh like, my God. You can get like pairs of kids with like, my boyfriend. It's like, it's like ladies heartbreaker. Watch out ladies. Exactly. Lock up oh, your daughters. So On a newborn baby's baby growth. Exactly. What? Have some fucking consistency. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just hypocrites. It's just you so can't even be consistent in your hate. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to hate, be consistent. This is a bit of a difficult topic that's come up and I think it deserves its own kind of whole episode, but it definitely, religion comes into why a lot of people feel this way, is internalised homophobia. Yeah. So this comes up a lot for us and a lot of people mm. have messaged today asking for us to discuss, obviously in this episode with the with a religious spin on it, of like dealing with internalised homophobia because of how religion has treated or the experiences that people have had in relation to a re religion and being gay for you is there anything out there or like what's your kind of I, I suppose like advice or where where would you kind of direct those people into because you're queer obviously you're not religious but you work in this realm all the time so yeah. how do you keep your like sanity it's so this question of internalized homophobia it absolutely needs an episode of its own um i think lots of people lots of queer people who grow up in churches leave those churches with religious trauma and that's a very recognized term yeah so lots of people again i'm going to go to the u.s particularly in the u.s can talk about their religious trauma that they've had and everybody well, a lot knows of people what that as means. well have messaged about christian camp yes oh yeah so I thankfully have never been to one. So mm -hmm. I don't know what goes on there, but I think they can be really difficult for queer kids, especially if there's a very um, non-affirming message that's being mm -hmm. drilled into kids and then there's homophobia between the kids. And this kind of trauma, this kind of internalized homophobia is not going to go away overnight. So people experiencing this, suffering from this, I think the thing that I would say is try and find your people, find your mm -hmm. community, find people who share your religious beliefs um, or don't but who are also queer and can I don't know hold you in that experience and help you slowly work through that and see that you can live a happy positive beautiful yeah. lovely life mm -hmm. being queer mm -hmm. and you don't have to see it as something wrong but some people mm -hmm. may always carry some yeah. internalized homophobia some shame yeah. relating to the fact that they were raised in an environment which was so and I think like people. a lot of like acceptance of being queer is almost a f um is almost a part of like self-love right so we're yes, taught yeah. if like to love the body that we're in and we're mm. taught to you know accept ourselves for for the way that we are and i think a lot of it as well is about speaking to yourself kindly about your queerness so a lot of the way that we act in this world or the way that we carry ourselves in this world is basically our internal monologue coming out. That's how we kind of walk mm. through the world. And if you're speaking horribly to yourself on the inside, you're not going to be walking through this world expecting anyone on the outside to be speaking nicely about you or to you because you can't even do that for yourself. And I think yeah. I'm sure we've all experienced that. Like, for sure. I know I realised I was queer when I was nine and mm -hmm. I didn't properly come out till I was 21. Well, to be fair, like me and you grew up, we were both queer. Yeah. But you not never spoke about to it to each other. 
No. We didn't ever speak about it. We like, used never... so I was thinking about this recently, um, knowing that I was gonna come here. And what there were there were signs. Right. So like we <laughs> had we had a group of friends that we would sometime we'd get really drunk with and then we'd all make out and be like, ha, yeah. ha, fun, banter. Everyone's queer yeah. now, who we used to do that with. That's so true. Um like there were yeah, there were signs there. There was one time oh, that, actually You're so lucky because none of my fuckers done that with me. Yeah. Yeah. We were. Yeah, 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 and it, we just like it was just all the queer gals sort of found each other and then yeah. it. we, we gravitate towards each other. Yeah, but I think I mean if you were to look at it from the perspective of you know when people are like oh she's a tomboy I mean you were very much a tomboy yeah. as was I you had yeah. a very feminine side to you but um, and I would never normally relate like tomboy to being queer but sure. if you were to look at the signs like quote unquote signs of like a queer oh, yeah, girl I mean you were. Riding that bike like no other. You had a skateboard, <laughs> scooter. You used to spit at me. You, used to <laughs> <laughs> you deserved it. I did deserve it. Maybe that's why I've got a spit kick. No, I'm joking. I don't. Um, but yeah, no, I think that like, I think that all of those kind of things and, and I don't know, I, I think especially when like, I mean, you realizing when you were nine, I think I realized when I was around maybe that age as well. Yeah. I'm a year older than you. But we, yeah, we, we never like discussed it. And, so, and some people may be like, well, you grew up together and that's why you're both queer because like one influenced the other or something Not like at that. All. Not at all. No, because we I, never spoke about it. We should have. We, we should have spoken about it. But so that one, there was one thing that happened to me around when I was 14 mm-hmm. at a house party where one of our friends had come out as bi mm-hmm. and I knew that I was queer in some way as well. Yeah. I've, I've been on a journey with all mm-hmm. the labels, gals. But um, <laughs> at the time, I, I thought that I was bi. Yeah. And so I took this person upstairs and we tell the story very differently. <laughs> I tell the story that I we went Should into we the bathroom <laughs> and I closed the door and I was like, how did you know that you're bi? I think that I'm bi. Mm-hmm. She says, I locked her in the bathroom and told her I was a lesbian and tried to get with her. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll never know. It was just the two of us there. But she then went downstairs and told everyone at the party, Emily's just told me she's a lesbian. Bitch. And I never mentioned it again for seven years. I just suppressed it. Yeah, because being outed. Anyway, so that for me, I then suppressed my queerness for seven years. Yeah, because being outed is like the most painful, horrible thing. And, And I like, I dated boys... And, you know, I just for for a long time and then obviously in my very, very early 20s, couldn't carry on with that anymore. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Yeah, I think and I remember you identified as being lesbian, didn't you? Then, yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. I've gone through all the labels. So <laughs> I identified as being a lesbian and then and I was very comfortable in that. And yeah. I thought that that's me. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got with my current partner who is non-binary but assigned male at birth and wasn't out as non-binary at the time. And I was like, why am I attracted to this person mm. yeah. when I'm gay? And I always felt like that Jack had this feminine energy that I was drawn to, mm-hmm. but like I couldn't really put my finger on it. I did say that to them a couple of times, but then later they came out as non-binary and I was like, ah, oh, that makes, oh, sense. No. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And so now I just use the label queer. You it's so much easier than trying to pin You just couldn't get away with being like in a straight relationship. Nuh-uh. Like it just wasn't Could never be you, me. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Not, no. Even, not even when you tried. Yeah. It just still didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. I yeah. almost think we felt relief for Emily. So when Jack I actually came out did. Mm. No, I really did. Well, it it felt like sense. I was like, that makes sense. Uh, being in a relationship with another queer person as a queer person, I think is really important. Yeah. Not that you have to be like, if you're bi and you're with someone of yeah. the opposite sex who's straight, like that's obviously yeah. fine. doesn't make you any less bi. Mm. But there's something about being in a relationship with another queer person that is 
I don't know. I it's don't know how experience. to put my finger it on it. It is a shared experience. The thing yeah. is, so as well, they're never going to understand yeah. a queer life. No. Right? It's not yeah. against the person. It's not against the straight person. But if you're a straight man, you can have the best intentions in the world. You can be the biggest ally. But ultimately, that is not your lived experience. Yeah. So your understanding and empathy can only take you so far. Absolutely. If you're the queer one in the relationship, I would imagine that is quite frustrating at mm. times. It probably caused quite a lot of tension. Whereas, yeah, if both of you are queer in some capacity and have had those experiences, even if they're completely other ends of the spectrum, yeah. you understand mm. on a such a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. And and also you know that the other person, and I'm sure this is a really small minority, but there are some guys who are with bi girls because they want to fetishize bisexuality yes. Yes. and want to have threesomes we touched upon this before because obviously bioerasia is such a problem in the community yes but we were saying before like exactly that why i think so many lesbians have that knee jerk like oh fuck to dating bi girls because they don't want they've got this fear of like being cheated on with a man. Like what happened in the horror story last week exactly. of the girl with yeah. Yeah. her car. Yeah, I exactly. love the fact that you listened. Thank and you, bro. It, <laughs> I'm a big and fan. It <laughs> that, that, that's exactly it. It creates that then this really damaging um, like conversation on both sides. Yeah. Because the guys are getting that kick. Oh, I already uh, see they always come back for a bit of dick or something damaging mm. like that. And then the bi girls are getting and the bi guys are getting shit on because then the, the the lesbians and the gays are being like, you make this hard for us. And it's just this whole like festering mm. pit of like, mm. basically take the straight white man out of the equation and we'd all be fine. We'd all we be would. doing a lot better. Yeah. We would be thriving actually, mm. I think. We would. Yeah. So someone, I've actually got another, um, I do have an actual horror story. That's not so much of a horror story. It's a really funny one just to end on. So uh, we can go on to that after. But this person messaged into the podcast today as well after me asking for people's stories and experiences about being queer and religious. And this one's pretty awful. But sorry if I'm a bit staggered when reading it because this poor girl has like responded in like all of the little chunks oh, of the response. Right. Okay, yeah, I've got you. <laughs> so this person said, my ex-girlfriend's family was extremely religious, so much so that when they had to punish her, they had a stick with the Ten Commandments and would hit her. So when she came out, what? she was thrown away and the requirement to get back was that she followed the list of the Ten Rules. She accepted only because she didn't have any studies or any job. I stayed with her through everything and she couldn't have friends that were girls, couldn't drink, and well, you can imagine... But what was crazy was when we broke up, her brother's baby had extreme defects in the womb and they had to abort. And the family blamed it on her. <gasps> they said God was punishing them because of her and it was awful. Fuck oh religion. My so God. fucked up. Yeah. That's that abuse. Is abuse. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's just abuse. Yeah. yeah. And it is it's been decorated as religion. Religion is being used as a tool for abuse there. And if these people weren't religious, I'm sure they'd be abused in be another way. Else. Exactly. Like, You're so just an up. evil piece of shit at yeah. that point. It would be fag butts, it would be pouring shit on their head. If yeah. it wasn't religion, it'd be something else. Why know? have children if you're going to treat them like that? I really don't. Well. We have this conversation a lot. Like, or when people get animals as well. To yeah, them. and then abuse them. Yeah, why? Yeah. why? I, or like, I even, I like, obviously everyone knows that I'm a massive animal lover. To the point where as well, when people like have animals and then they're weirdly strict about the animal going upstairs or getting on the sofa or... Yeah, you know, coming and I just up let and it on the fucking sofa, and it's like, 
if you're not having that animal to enjoy it, what is the fucking point if it's just going to be a load of rules for They've you? They've got it on it's a lead outside. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's the same with children as well. It's like, yeah, if it all has to be about like punishment and getting the best grades and you have to live your life like this what is the point like surely you have a yeah. child to have mm. love and care and like fun in your life yeah people it's get so weird. possessive over their kids like mm. it's you have to fulfill the dreams that i couldn't fulfill in my own life or like i have you as like a status symbol or it's like a power trip or something it's just control yeah it's, it's you know that's that's really fun that's if you are a control freak and you've got no control over your own life you have this baby and you see it instantly as a very helpless human being that you brought into the world and you know that you can do Mm. what you want if you're a sadistic person that has that mindset it's a perfect vessel for all of your anger and your controlling yeah. issues to come out to it. I mean it's horrendous why have one but before we get onto the horror story is there anything kind of like because I know that you've studied like a lot of spirituality as well and, and actual like philosophy so it's so contradictory really sometimes to Christianity if you were to look at it from because also you look at quantum physics too so looking all sorts. at it yeah. which is fucking amazing but if you were to look at the science scientific side and then you look at religion is there any way as well that you could almost like debunk some of the shit that they say to use religion as a mask because you could say well actually from a scientific perspective so there's there's so 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 I much know to say complex. about that I it's a it's huge, huge we question. just link all of your uh <laughs> what do you call them your phd thesis is that what it's called <laughs> yeah, thesis. Yeah, yeah i'm such a nobody's gonna want to read that no but there, we, <laughs> i've tried <laughs> i have given Did it a good go yeah I got about two pages in. God bless thought, you. Oh my God. Any, <laughs> any level of intelligence I thought I had, gone. You are ridiculously clever. And can we just say as well, like Emily didn't go to a private school or anything. She no. went to the same schools that I did. So we went, I've to, got, no, we went to the shittest school. We went to the shittest fucking school. <laughs> and somehow. Wasn't it an all girls school? Yeah. yeah. Well, that could have been good for you both. No. Nuh-uh. There were rumours about particular girls who are lesbians who like have kids with men now. And everyone was like, yeah. oh my God. XYZ just had sex with like XYZ yeah. in the toilets. Do you remember the rumor yeah. about like? Yeah, I did. I One of the nicks. I'd have been someone out in the toilet. <laughs> and lesbian was an insult in our school. It was. Like it was so oh, homophobic. Yeah. I was yeah. going through my Facebook statuses the other day mm. and it would always be like, I'm a big fat lesbian. And I remember even now at you the can time. Wear it as a badge of honor. Literally. <laughs> yeah. I, now I, I am a big it. fat lesbian. I remember <laughs> at the time being like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Like shit. Yeah. Like, why? And now, yeah, it's so weird. They'd be like, lesbian, like down yeah. the hallway. Like, yeah. It was bad. Like if you could get to one <laughs> class to another class without being heckled, you did good. Yeah. 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 Oh, and do you know what? Is oh, it was bad. What makes me feel happy and positive about the future is that my younger brother came out as gay when he was 14 in school mm -hmm. and he went to the boys version of our school mm -hmm. and he never Had got bullied at all. Amazing. No homophobia at all. And, and what's so the age difference between seven you? years? So even in that seven in years, that a short lot time. of change had come about. That is amazing. Because yeah. we had a friend who was gay at the boys' school when we were um, at school, and he mm. got bullied a oh. lot. God, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was bad. bad. It was really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. yeah. So and things have got got that much better. And oh, this the younger like generation for sure are like changing. The Gen Zs things. aren't like taking shit. The cusp shit. of the yeah. millennials, like us. We're taking a What's the one stand? under Gen Z? Because I know they're going to be fierce. Yeah. Feral. I can't wait Feral. to see it. I can't wait to see that what one. What are they called, that generation? I don't they know. 
I'll have to find it, but it is a different name. But yeah, sorry. So going back to my question, yeah, we will link all of your stuff. But going back to the uh, the complexities of like science and religion in that, is there any kind of quick fire way that you could be like, well, you're telling me that I'm going to hell. Well, you can't even prove that there is one. So so I (laughs) (laughs) thing. I am really really wary of any attempts to use science as like a broad disciplinary term to debunk religion Mm -hmm. you can't do that because religion is so broad and multifaceted you can't even really say what religion is because every definition of religion you give um you can give an example of a religion that doesn't fit into that so you can't use science to disprove religion but what you can do is use certain scientific theories to disprove or debunk certain religious claims like the religious claim that evolution didn't happen or yes. that like humans were created in the form that they currently exist in, i.e. it didn't evolve. Like yeah. you can just point to the fossil record and the amazing mm-hmm. work of all the evolutionary biologists and say, I mean, debunked, there you go. Yeah. It's there on paper. It's right there. Yeah. So you can't you can't um debunk religion with science, but there are you can encourage religion to be a bit more nuanced and a bit more mm. self-reflective, certain religious claims at least. But there's a I went on um, BBC Radio 3 and did a whole episode of their programme Free Thinking on this so maybe you can link that if yeah are definitely of course because um, we go into a lot more detail about the relationship between science and religion which there. I remember listening to by the way which was actually really good and, and I, I think as well actually that's quite a good tool if you're dealing with internalised homophobia and you're dealing with um, being scared of you know not honouring your religion and because you're gay and actually listening to things like that that aren't directed towards the religion and the homophobia and the homosexuality argument, but just a broader term of how all of these things can coexist, right? Because Mm -hmm. science is based on like, True and false. No, like that is how science is like generally created. Mm. It's either like fact or non-fact. I don't know because there's so much... There's so many theories, right? And theories aren't necessarily... I mean more than like comparatively to religion. Yeah. But these things very much complement each other as well, which people wouldn't often assume, right? Is that those two topics actually do intertwine. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So what I'm saying Mm. is, is that on the surface, people would see science and religion as actually feuding topics. But actually, they cross over massively. Yeah, a lot. And there's a really, really interesting field, which is the field that I... And part of which uh, looks at the ways, the interface between science and religion, the relationship they have, the conversations that you can have between them. Because mm. religion and science are the two um, overarching ways that humanity have developed to understand ourselves and our place in the world. Yes. So yeah. there must be things that they can say to each mm-hmm. other. Exactly. And also, like we were saying, you can, uh, and the, the same goes for science and religion, same goes for homosexuality and religion. The two can go hand in hand. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you can own your saying. religion. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And looking they, at it in a polarised way just is unhelpful. Right. To move on to a, a lighter topic, this is <laughs> a short but very sweet. I mean, it's sweet for us. It's sweet for the lesbians. Should um, we get Emily to read it out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I want Emily's reaction. Um, she actually titled it at the top, Short and Sweet. Oh, perfect. Um, so this person wrote in, this is just like a bit of a positive horror story and it's not horrifying for the lesbians for a change, which is oh, really nice. But this fantastic. one just really fucking made me laugh. Brilliant. So this person wrote in and said, short and sweet, I'm a mother of two kids, divorced. He got a new girlfriend, absolutely hated each other for two years whilst they were together. When they broke up, I thought, you're actually cool as fuck. 
so became her friend. And she is now my best friend. But we are also having the hottest sex on the slide. <gasps> no. I'm fucking my ex-husband's ex-girlfriend regularly. And he has no idea. Oh. Did I steal his girl? Also, first lesbian experience. And then what I love, she's done like a two-space paragraph and just put popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it good. Is. And that I actually is. went back to her and was like, does he know? And she's like, not a fucking clue. <gasps> and oh I God. just think it is the next level of iconic. That is so, yeah. so good. Because like, I don't know, this guy could be a really nice guy, right? But I kind of hope that he's a <laughs> prick. So when yeah. he's being a prick to her, she's yeah. just looking at him being like, I'm fucking your ex-girlfriend. Can Absolutely you imagine iconic. the satisfaction you would get? Of just knowing that you're of fucking just knowing his ex. Yeah, whilst he's getting angry at you for like, I don't know, having to hand back the kids two hours later because you want to go for a drink. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want the kids for any longer. It's just some shit like that. You can just be like, shut the fuck up because I'm fucking your ex. I also, bo- I also <laughs> want this person to write back in and tell me if they've had comparison conversations about the sex i bet they have you surely yeah yeah That's and i want to know turn what it me is. on midway shagging i'd be like am i better than him and she goes yes and i'm like uh, keep going oh keep talking going. about that i'd prayer, love that actually just what? gonna come in here real quick what talking about this is gonna make you howl actually emily what? <laughs> we'll get more into the detail of the podcast when we go for a drink oh don't at the molly so last dirty. week oh shit so oh. everyone, <laughs> we met up with Freya's ex-girlfriend last week for a casual drink because as we've said previously, Freya does an absolutely impeccable job at staying friends with her exes, <laughs> unlike myself. <laughs> and we sat down, we're having like a really nice civilised conversation and, um, you know, as we all know, we speak about kinks a lot on this podcast because often a lot of the horror stories that come in sometimes have kinks involved in them, right? And as you will be party to having listened to the podcast mm. quite a few times... Freya has expressed that she has not yet found her kink. So, you know, she's always said openly, I know that everyone has one. I've just not found mine. (laughs) Well, I know it's got to be something pretty fucking sick and twisted because I've done a lot of shit. So Mm. So it's got to be something (laughs) bad. Yeah. (laughs) We happen to somehow get onto the conversation of kinks where Freya's ex proceeds to tell me (laughs) that Freya... Freya had an alter ego who was a Russian makeup artist. <laughs> what? So when she used to do her ex-girlfriend's makeup, she would put on the voice of a Russian woman and start asking her ex about the ex had to pretend that she had a boyfriend. And then as Freya was doing her makeup, it would turn into sex. Oh my God. What else is really funny though about this is at the table with, but what's hilarious is Freya also always offers to do all of our friends' makeup. <laughs> oh my God, you found it. You about, found it. I know Leo, our really quite like shy friend, was sat there, bright beetroot, going, Mate, you've asked to do my makeup <laughs> so many times. Oh, that's disgusting. And then she was like, you can do my makeup next week, Freya. <laughs> I, but it's just funny because every time we're getting ready with Liv as well, Freya's like, I'll do your makeup. Oh, my I'll do God. your makeup. So now me and Filthy. Freya have, uh, sorry, me and Liv have nicknamed this Russian woman, Sasha. Mm. So now when Freya's asking to, offering to do the makeup, we're like, oh, it was Sasha. One time. <laughs> it wasn't even that bad. It's not I'm even not what, saying okay, it was bad. Let, let but me hear, it clearly let, hear is me a kink, out. darling, that hear you me didn't out. think you had. Hear me out. I don't think it is a kink. Let me tell you why. I think it was a bit of role play. 
but I don't think it was a kink. <laughs> because you not say role no. plays a bit of a kink? Yeah, I think it could like be. Role, okay, play, potentially role playing's pla- okay, a kink. No, but hear me out here. I think a kink usually is like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like something happens and you get turned on involuntary to that, right? So like it could be like a foot thing, right? So all of a sudden Emily takes her shoes off and she shows me her feet and I start squirting everywhere, right? That's a kink. Whereas when I'm doing your makeup or anyone's makeup, I do not feel like um, I wanna I wanna shag. Like I don't feel like that. I just that's feel what like you I'm, say. That's I, what I I'm say. not believing it for a <laughs> but second. I'm just and doing do you know what is so funny? She has I'll straddled over the course well. of our relationship to do my makeup countless times, and I've always told her to fuck off. Well, you've been missing out because <laughs> I, I clearly haven't. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. What you do? You don't want a bit of <laughs> Sasha doing your own makeup? No. Thank you. How's your boyfriend? Oh, God. Is he coming in to pay for my service? My vagina has gone up into my throat. (laughs) It has crawled up. (laughs) It's sat in my esophagus right now. (laughs) It's just funny because I'm really weird with like accepting people doing things to me. So like massages. It's just, I don't know why. My knee jerk reaction is to say no, even if I might enjoy it. It's really weird. So makeup's one of those things. I'm like... No, I don't want you to do it for me because I can do it for I myself. I love a good massage. Me too. Um, but because so she doesn't Sasha's accept never it. had the opportunity to come out in no. our relationship. Not yet. Let her out. I'm so, I feel quite sorry for you. I'm sad. Well, yeah, maybe I've you're depriving me. kink shaming you by not allowing you to do my makeup. Don't worry, darling. I'm sure I can find something way more disgusting to make my kink. Do you want one of those kink? Um, Barbie heads for Christmas? You know those like <laughs> things that you can buy where you can do their makeup and you can wipe it off? Make it a whole, whole sex toy yeah like, you need to put a dildo doll. on it like the yeah. robot should yeah. we see if we can get sponsored by the sex robot company yes and one that i can do its makeup with <laughs> <laughs> oh god that yeah so you've heard it here first people yeah. don is now sasha oh, the russian makeup off. artist right <laughs> on that note emily thank you so much it's been so nice to sit and chat to you thank as you for always. having me i actually just want to ca- we will just carry this on we're just gonna yeah, we'll just i feel the like there may <laughs> have to be a second episode of this though because like this as you said at the start like this conversation is so vast and can take so many uh separate twists and turns yeah. and i think even because again i'm just going to mention so many people ask for this conversation and I've, I've asked in response a couple of times for people to come in and like tell us what the specifics it is that they want to know and i don't think people know what that is yeah so i think the more conversations we can have about it and open mm-hmm. up that dialogue from a really like educated perspective yeah. is so useful for the community even if we aren't directly you know and we have in this podcast but debunking everything that's said is just educating more broadly about mm-hmm. the religion or religions themselves yeah. it's giving people that opportunity to just like listen mm. and think and not have such one-sided views on both sides yeah. Yeah, i was just gonna say it, this conversation really matters and people in churches people in religious groups are having it they're debating the rights of gay people to exist we should be having these conversations in our community as well yeah. exactly. exactly because if we are not equipped to have the thing is when you're debating anything right it's having to take the emotion out of it but yeah when you're talking from such an emotional perspective it's and queer hard. people historically mm-hmm. have been you know treated so badly how can we not come at it from emotion but hopefully by listening to things like this and you know we'll plug all of the resources that you have as well it helps us if we can educate ourselves more yeah. take out the the emotion from the experiences that we've had in relation to religion and mm-hmm. come at it from that really, you know, deeper knowledge understanding. So if we do get questioned by religious people who may not be 
completely open to the gay or queer community, mm. we're able to take a step back and not come straight away with like emotionally fueled responses yeah. and come at it with a karma because that is the only way the conversation is going to turn for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. And we and we should always try because I've had a lot of, I mean, I will, I can't say no to having this kind of debate with people. Like I know sometimes people will say, save your energy. Yeah, I, I can't. No, all I, of my energy is stored up yeah. for this. Yes. And like, <laughs> I'm like a red rag to a bull. Like yeah. my colleagues will say something homophobic or like someone will be at pride with a Bible and a megaphone and I will argue with them for hours. Good. Much to my partner's disappointment they're like come on come on Emily they're not going to change their mind but they might you are yeah. literally the scarlet in your relationship and you'll agree no. with me on this for me it's not necessarily that I think they'll change their mind because I argue with pricks like this all the time not no, I'm not talking necessarily religious just pricks that exist yeah, yeah. in the world and Freya says this to me a lot she goes why'd you bother and I say, for me, it's not because I think I'm going to change them or I'm going to change their opinion. I'm going to change them walking through the world being a fucking prick. But what I hope I will do is shock factor them. So the next time they go to pick on someone mm. who may not be able to defend themselves or may not feel equipped to do so, they'll think twice because they'll think of the arsehole that is me and think, <laughs> fuck. That's such a good point. That's a risk. Yeah, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I do it. Like, even as simple as like, some arsehole on a cycling bike the other day it was just like it, she was a dick and we were crossing the road and she like nearly ran us over and then was like you didn't even fucking look swore at us and I turned around and I was like yeah because it's a fucking crossing love and we were going yeah. back and forth for ages and Freya's like come on and I'm like no because if that was like a vulnerable old person crossing the sheet in, street and she held that abuse that could have really upset and affected that person yeah. and now when she goes to do it she'll think of me and <laughs> she, she won't I know what makes will. me laugh whenever we have a situation like that I've got to live it twice because not only will I hear Scarlett do it the first time <laughs> we leave and she tells me what she said again. Yeah. And I I'm have like, to validate. Got to relive it, baby. <laughs> we got to. <laughs> got to just I've really got to. solidify that in the in the old yeah. noggin. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I yeah. love reliving the arguments that I have. <laughs> it feels me. Like, look at me smiling more. now. <laughs> look at me. And I love talking to Emily about it as well because Emily, like Chloe, like a few of our yeah. friends, lives it with me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I do get it. And and uh, look, I'm I'm all here for it. And let's um, bash the Bible bashers, right? Let's do so it. So thank you so much. Yes, and thank I you. Love you. And we can't and wait to have you back on, I'm sure, for yeah. part two. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. No, Thanks, guys. Thank and you, guys. thank you, you gays week. and queers and lesbians. Speak to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.